Hey friends, welcome to God on Tap. As always, I am Nika Spaulding, and we are pressing on in the book of Amos. And so actually today we're in a pivot point. Yesterday we finished up sort of the intro accusation judgment type oracles, and then now we're going to transition into what I would call, and others have called the words and the woes section of Amos, which is chapters three through six. And so today we're going to look at chapter three and just the first 10 verses. And so let's just jump right in. Amos chapter 3, verses 1 through 10. Amos chapter 3, verses 1 through 10. Hear this word that the Lord has spoken against you, O people of Israel, against the whole family that I brought up out of the land of Egypt. You only have I known of all the families of the earth. Therefore, I will punish you for all your iniquities. Do two walk together unless they have agreed to me? Does a lion roar in the forest when he has no prey? Does a young lion cry out from his den if he has taken nothing? Does a bird fall in a snare on the earth when there is no trap for it? Does a snare spring up from the ground when it has taken nothing? Is a trumpet blown in a city and the people are not afraid? Does disaster come to a city unless the Lord has done it? For the Lord God does nothing without revealing his secret to his servants, the prophets. The lion has roared. Who will not fear? The Lord God has spoken. Who can but prophesy? Proclaim to the strongholds in Ashdod and to the strongholds in the land of Egypt and say, Assemble yourselves on the mountains of Samaria and see the oppressed and see the great tumults within her and the oppressed in her midst. They do not know how to do right, declares the Lord, those who store up violence and robbery in their strongholds. This is the word of the Lord. I don't know if y'all remember your childhoods very vividly, but I remember mine. And I had like a little bit of a love-hate relationship with the summer. That's not true. I loved the summer. I loved the summer. Uh, but I like to be active, and, and so sometimes it would just be too hot in Oklahoma. And so I remember I would come home, and my sister was always in front of the TV. I was so grateful when she got old enough to drive because she could go get a job because her taste in television and my taste in television are not the same. And I remember she would watch MTV incessantly, and I was like, for real, for real, can we put on Jeopardy or... Uh, the Warrior Princess, Xena Warrior Princess. Y'all for real, I used to watch that show. Um, that's okay. Don't add me. I don't care. No shame here. So I, I think this was on MTV. Either way, it was MTV, VH1, one of those channels. The one show, though, that I at least enjoyed that I would watch with my sister was Yo Mama. Do y'all remember that? It was like a rap battle or somehow you'd like go around and like they would have people like sounding off trying to insult each other. And I remember there was like a guy who I think was from that 70s show maybe and he would be in the middle and he'd be like, okay, let's do this rap battle. And then they would just be like trying to, you know, just absolutely humiliate the other person. They'd just be going back and forth. I found that to be really good entertaining uh, entertainment when I was young. I really hope I'm not dating myself here in such a weird way where I watched that when I was like 18, but I'm pretty sure it was when I was younger. So anyways, I remember that show and I feel like the material in today's passage is a little bit of Amos and God rap battling against Israel, but Israel doesn't really have a response. Because we have now transitioned away from introduction, accusation, judgment to these three chapters, chapter or the chapters three through six in the book of Amos 
are, you're going to hear these repeated phrases, hear this word, which we're going to see multiple times, and then we're going to transition to woe to you, woe to you. So God is ratcheting up his language against Israel. He's, he's like, Amos, take the kid gloves off. Like, let's go into Bethel and let's tell them exactly what they've done wrong. And if that leads to us poking fun at them, if that leads to us uh, berating them in some ways, that's all right. We can, you're going to see God's going to use sarcasm in this book. And he's doing that to try and shake them, to wake them up. What do you do when somebody is headed down a path of destruction and they're continuing to do what's right in their own eyes? Sometimes your language has to ratchet up to get their attention. And that's what's going on in today's passage. And so we have our first, hear this word. And what's interesting is it starts out with the justification for why God can treat Israel in this way. Because he reminds them, just like we talked about in the other episode where it goes back to God's resume, hear this word, I brought you up out of Egypt. And then, the, and then that continues on. He says, you only have I known of the families of the earth. And it's really interesting that word family there. What I think he's doing is he's hearkening back to the days of Abram and Abraham. So real quick, just fly over history just to remind us of the biblical story because I think it's important to know. God comes to a man named Abram. There's no reason to come to a guy named Abram. Abram's not super dope as far as we know. Nothing's really going on in Ur, the land of Chaldeans. God's like, sup. Abram's like, sup. He's like, hey, man, uh, I would like to make you into a great family, into a great nation. And Abram's like, oh, cool, cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That sounds dope. Uh, quick problem. I'm super old. Wife is super old. Um, so this whole like family thing that you speak of, usually that includes mom, dad, children. So I don't know if you want me to like sort of adopt my nephew law. Like you want me to help you with this problem? And God's like, no, 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 I don't, I don't, I don't need any help. I'm going to make you fertile and I'm going to make your wife fertile. And y'all are going to have a family. Out of that family, God remains incredibly loyal to them. Abe has Ike. Ike has Jake. Jake has 12 sons. 12 sons become the tribes of Israel. Tribes of Israel make up the nation of Israel. They get enslaved in Egypt. God's like, let my people go. And they get up out of Egypt. They go walking through the wilderness. They eventually make their way into the land of Canaan because God clears everybody out for them. 12 tribes are like, whoop, whoop. And they want a king. And he's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. And they're like, no, please. And he's like, okay, all right. He gives them David. David has Solomon. Solomon has Jeroboam, Rehoboam. Country splits in half. That's why he's hearkening back all the way back. Like he flies over all that history. He's like, hey guys, I chose you. Remember that? Remember how we're family in a different kind of way? Remember how we're married to each other in a different kind of way? And I've only done that with you guys. And that's, this is going to rub a little bit of salt in their wound because they already know that. They know that part. They're very proud of that part. The people of Israel are like, oh yeah, no, no, we're God's chosen people. What harm can befall us? We've got God on our side. And God's like, yeah, 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 you're right. I brought you up out of Egypt. You're right. We have a special relationship. Therefore, I will punish you for all your iniquities. See, that's the like ah, record scratch. That, that was a terrible record scratch. That sounded more like a dying cat. That was horrible. I don't like dying cat images. Sorry. That was just a bad sound. But he's like, I'm going to punish you for your iniquities. Record scratch. Insert Israel jaw drop. Like, wait, what? We thought our special relationship with you meant all perks. 
and and no downside. And he's like, no, 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 no. You were meant to be a blessing to the nations. You're not. I knew you in a special way. So get ready. And then the the bait of the rap battle continues on. And he's sort of establishing there's this poetic element to what Amos is doing. He's like, do two walk together unless they've agreed to me? No, that's crazy. How are two people going to walk together unless they've already agreed to me? He's like, does a lion roar in the forest when he has no pride? No, lions don't go around willy-nilly roaring. So he's building this argument like, hey, nature itself testifies that certain things just follow. So you're supposed to be like, no, that wouldn't happen. No, that wouldn't. How's a bird going to fall in a trap unless it's been set? You don't just fall. Bird doesn't fall into a trap. And so then he builds up to, he's like, okay, so let me explain this to you. If a trumpet is sounded in the city and trumpets are used to warn the city of impending danger, um, don't people get a little afraid? In other words, Amos is sounding a trumpet right now, guys. Why are you not afraid? And then he goes on, he's like, does disaster come to a city unless God has done it? Is Amos not sounding a trumpet and God's telling you, I'm going to bring disaster to you? Unless you think that's a willy-nilly disaster, do you not know that God's behind it? Because he's like flexing in the rap battle, but doing it super poetic. So you can imagine everybody's like, oh, behind him. So he's asking these questions. Do these things not happen? And they're like, no, no, no. And he's like, that's right. You've answered correctly. For the Lord does nothing without revealing his secret to his servants, the prophets. In other words, I've told Amos what I'm going to do. Amos is sounding that trumpet, y'all. Why are you not afraid? Are you stupid? I mean, you've just established that you can understand that two people would only come together if they've already agreed to me. You've already established that trumpets can sound when there's danger. How are you missing the fact that I am dead serious about what I'm talking about? And then he goes back to that same imagery that happened in Amos 1. And it says, the lion roars from Zion. You can hear him from Jerusalem. And he says, the lion has roared. This has already happened. Are you not going to fear it? The Lord has spoken. Amos has no choice but to prophesy these things. Are you going to listen to it? It's really an incredible picture. And then this is why I think it's a rap battle because he just he just goes for the jugular. So the people of Israel, not too keen on the people of Ashdod and Egypt, not big fans of theirs. And God's like, hey, I've been warning y'all. I sent my boy Amos all the way up to Bethel. He's from Tekoa. Y'all know how far that is? He doesn't get frequent flyer miles. He's got to heel toe that thing or maybe ride a camel or whatever he's got to do all the way up to Bethel to bring. I mean, it's not that far, but still it's, you know, it's far enough. He went all the way up there and he warned y'all and you are not heeding his warning. And he's like, hey, you know what? Go get your mortal enemies. Go get Ashdod and Egypt, the people who you don't like and bring them to Syria and let them look all around. God is basically saying, hey, I'm going to go get your enemies and I'm going to humiliate you in front of them. And he looks at Egypt and Ashdod, and he's like, look at them. They don't even know how to do right. They store up violence and robbery in their strongholds. Look at my people. They don't even know how to do right. Y'all, that's painful. That's rap battle type stuff. Because if you had, let's say you had a coworker that you were just jockeying always for position, 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 position. And, you know, he gets a raise, you get a raise. He gets a promotion, you get a promotion. She gets a raise, you get a raise. She gets a promotion, you get a, Like, you got that person that you are jockeying for, for power, and you don't honestly like each other. Like, let's just be real. 
like low key, there's some saltiness there. You, you would prefer that you weren't doing that. And then let's say you, you really messed up. Like your boss has come to you multiple times. He's like, hey, I've tried to tell you multiple times. Like you got to get your timesheets in on time. You, you got to meet your deadlines. You got to take care of your clients. You got to get more, you got to get more verdicts in these cases. You got to do better in certain, like whatever it is, like whatever your particular workplace situation is. And your, and your boss has been telling you. And honestly, you haven't been heeding the warning. Because you're like, man, I'm my boss's favorite. Like, everybody loves me around here. What are you talking about? I've been employee of the month seven times. I get the premier parking spot. And God finally goes, or your boss, who's God in this metaphor, goes, okay. Hey, can you come into my office? Because we got to talk about this. And he's not playing anymore. Like, the last straw has come. And then he's like, hey, uh, can you bring in Ned, who's your mortal workplace enemy? or Sarah, or Julie, or whatever that person is that you can't stand. And then he tells you all your failures in front of that person. Why is he doing that? Why is he mocking you? Because he's trying to shake you. He's trying. God is not doing this because he's a cruel God. He's doing this because he's trying to wake them up. But he's trying to point out to them the absurdity of their iniquity. Hey, you guys, you can't stand your enemies. Well, I'm going to bring your enemies in to see that you're acting like my enemy. I'm going to bring them in and showcase your failures right in front of them. Because hopefully that will shake you. Because again, oftentimes the role of the prophet is to say language that is jolting to wake people up from their complacency. To wake people up from this status quo, it's no big deal. Yeah, we keep hearing the trumpet sound, but it's all right. It's like people who keep hearing the sirens of a fire in a workplace or they or a tornado or whatever, and they're just like, yeah, you know, I'm, I've been in enough tornadoes. I just don't think this is going to be a big one. I've been in enough fake fire alarms. I just, no big deal. You keep sounding those alarms. I'm going to keep sitting here even though the smoke's filling up the room. Reminds me of that meme where I think it's like a little cartoon. I don't know if he's a dog. I don't know what he is, but he's drinking. He's like, this is fine, and the whole room's filling up with smoke. That's what's going on here in this Amos rap battle, if you will, God is trying through Amos to shake them awake. So why is he doing that? You got to go all the way back to the beginning. Because I rescued you out of Egypt and because I've known you in a different way. In other words, because of my love for you, I'm going to address your iniquity. Because of my love for you, I'm going to try and embarrass you or shake you or, or, or rock you. Now, I don't think God is the God that goes around shaming people. I don't think that. I do think God is the God that in the midst of our rebellion will go to great lengths to try and discipline us. And sometimes those great lengths are to use language that's provocative so that we would go, whoa, whoa. And so what's our so what for us? If you have accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, if you believe that the Father sent the Son to die on the cross for your sins in your place that you rightfully should have received, and when you said yes, in essence, you wed yourself to a God who cannot be unfaithful. He cannot. You you know him in the way that he's talking to Israel. You are known by him in that way. He loves you in the same way that he loves Israel. He sent his spirit to come dwell inside of you. We've got a new covenant that we are a part of. 
if God will go to great lengths to try and get Israel back, you should expect that God's going to go to great lengths to get you back. That because he loves you, not because he's angry at you and not because he's petulant and not because he's petty, but because because your relationship is predicated upon his love for you, his unending covenantal love for you. You should expect that when you are living in iniquity, when you are continuing to pursue sin, that God will come for you, that he will not give up on you, that he won't just be like, oh, is Israel off doing rebellious things? Oh, well, you know, whatever. Maybe she'll come back later. No, 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 no. He sends Amos because of his great love for Israel. He is provocative in the hope of repentance in your own life. God might send people in your path to say, hey, I believe that when you said I loved God, that you meant it. So because of that, as your friend, I want to encourage you to run back to him. I want to encourage you to walk away from these things that only lead to death and despair in your own life. That because of God's love for you, he deals and he disciplines with us. I remember... Uh, great movie, Love and Basketball. It's just a classic. You guys should watch it. Who you taking to prom? Spalding. That's my last name. That's why probably I love that movie. The coach is always berating the female star in the movie. And I remember I I was young when that came out, and I was definitely a baller, shot caller. And uh, I remember that scene because she's like, why are you always on my case? And she's like, hey, you should be worried when I'm not on your case. And I think you could probably extrapolate that into the Lord. I'm not saying God is this unrelenting dog that's going to bark at you over and over again. But what I am going to say is Jesus teaches us that he leaves the 99 and goes after the one. Because he loves you. Because you're in relationship. Because he is eager for you to come back. And then scripture says that all of heaven rejoices at the repentance of one sinner. God is entering in this rap battle not because he wants to dunk on Israel. God's entering into this epic Amos rap battle because he wants to provoke them to return. That is good news. If nobody's told you that they love you, I do. But way more importantly, God's crazy about you. He'll come find you. Peace.